Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
Bashy talking about what just went down at the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs with that horse Rich Strike. If you guys have not heard this story, we're kicking off this next hour because we are talking about this horse Rich Strike that literally had one to 80 odds at Churchill Downs. And the jockey was just stopping by. He, they weren't, it wasn't even a horse that was going to race, but we're not going to jump in yet until we get those shares up in the hallway. Uh, let everybody know it's Monday, Monday morning motivation. Uh, just click on that little square with the arrow coming in and uh, let your friends know that we are in here. I'm with David Spizak. Where are you, Raylan? Oh, your guys are right next to me. Nice. I'm right here. Hey guys, how was your weekend? Let's do this. Barb, Barb, even when it's inappropriate to be outside your window, I'm right here. <laughs> well, it's about time we met in person. Where are you, Raylan? <laughs> I'm over in Phoenix, and actually, uh, I hit up Glenn because I know he's doing um, he's doing that seminar in June, I think it is. So I called him. I was like, "Hey, you gotta be in my neck of the woods. I'm I'm showing up. I'm pulling up, uninvited or not. So I'll get to see David <laughs> and, and Glenn. I love it." Yeah, man. June, baby. Scottsdale, Arizona. Let's go. Wait, where are we going in June? I feel like I'm missing the boat here. Where Where am I taking the plane to? <laughs> we have our, so in my 800% elite automotive club, uh, I do retreats for every four months. Our dealers get together in different places. And since I'm the boss, I get to choose the destinations. And we always have amazing excursions and incredible speakers. And so our next one is in Scottsdale, Arizona, the week of June 20th. Uh, that week, we will be in Scottsdale. Spizak is speaking at that event. Brian Benstock is speaking at that event. A guy named Damian Mills is the number one minority dealer owner in America. He's speaking at that event. Uh, we've got some fun activities that we're going to be doing. We're at the Adero Scottsdale, which is an incredible, incredible hotel facility out there in Scottsdale, Arizona. So it's going to be phenomenal. I even talked to my boy, JC, because he's got some offices out there. So I was like, hey, Jake, if you happen to be in the neighborhood, you might want to swing by. He said he might. So we're going we're gonna to be having a good time in Scottsdale, Arizona, the week of June 20th. Well, you know, I am in the automotive industry now that I've been interviewed on, what was it, CBT television? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, that's right. Let's not forget. And David Long. You did something for David Long's group, too. I yeah, did. I did. Awesome. I've never seen picking, Ben Stockport triggered. A, picking up a car salesperson at an airport bar does not put you in the car business. <laughs> yeah, I own a car. Why are you splitting hairs? Why are hey, we splitting hairs here? With that, with that said, so this this particular retreat, uh, we're going to be talking about post-pandemic leadership, right? What does leadership look like in 2022, post-pandemic leadership? So for those that are in that space or in the leadership space, uh, automotive space, if you want to join us, you can go to saveyourdealership.com saveyourdealership.com. We do have 30 spots open for outside uh, outside dealers. So typically it's just our members, but we opened up 30 spots for outside dealers. So saveyourdealership.com. If you'd like to be a part of that, go ahead and check that out. Thanks, Barb. Appreciate you. 
wait, sorry about that. I, I was talking and I was on mute. That sounds like an amazing opportunity. Uh, so safe travels, Glenn, and safe travels, David. I know you're also at an airport and Ben Stock's not with us this morning because he's flying back. So I feel like our economy is, uh, well, you guys are keeping the economy alive and well. So how was everybody's weekend? It was outstanding. It was Mother's Day. Unfortunately, my wife had to work at the hospital all day, which uh, wasn't awesome, but I was able to take her out to dinner for, uh, with the kids last night and celebrate her and all she does. So it was a, it was a good weekend. How about you, Barb? How about you, Raymond? It was good. Um, one of the things that I was kind of thinking through yesterday, I, know, I, I don't know if you saw it uh, yet, but I was talking about my mom. I was thinking a lot about my mom yesterday. Obviously, it was Mother's Day, and she's out in in Michigan, and and per usual, she was uh, she's a seamstress. She's done custom wedding dresses like my whole life. And actually, what's odd is like I know more about wedding dresses than I'm even willing to admit at this point, just because as a kid, it's, I grew up and that's all I would see is her, her working on that stuff. But I made a post yesterday talking about the lessons that my mom kind of taught me. And honestly, the biggest lesson she taught me was, was this idea of being relentless. Because I swear to God, I used to. Uh, it, you know, this is circa 1995. I'd go down to downstairs in the basement and it'd be like two, three and four o'clock in the morning and she'd still be there doing her, doing her thing, right? A bride had a last minute request or something and she's down there, you know, four o'clock in the morning, kind of uh, making sure that everything was done. So it was funny because I, I didn't, I never, it never clicked for me that that lesson came from her, like that grind that always pursue your purpose kind of thing. That was her purpose. That's what she was put on this earth to do. And, and she does it uh, until she can't anymore. She's 67 years old and she still does it. Right. So I hit her up and it was like, Hey, thanks for that, <laughs> that lesson. Like I didn't realize that came from you. But when I think back to, uh, again, what does it mean to hustle? It all came from, from mama bear. So I was thinking, again, that was, that was my weekend. I was thinking through that and, and hitting her up and telling her, thank you. Cause she's made me some money because of that lesson. Oh, that's so sweet. I didn't know your mom did that. I love that. So you guys were celebrating Mother's Day. So was I. Um, I've got three amazing children, 18, 16, and 10. And I took them into New York because New York City is finally opening up again. And I just had a great time. I just hung. I really enjoy their company. They're at such great ages. And I keep saying that. I've been saying that for like the last 10 years. I'm like, no, these are the best ages. And these are the best ages. And I don't know, these today, this weekend, I'm like, no, these are the best ages. So um, yeah, no, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And all, I think they should call it happy mothering day, because I know that there's just so many men out there. And um, he's not in here right now. But I, I'm dating somebody who is uh he's just a great uh he's he should celebrate mothering day um because his uh the mother of his children passed from colon cancer so i want to celebrate all the men women aunties siblings uh for mother's day as well i wish they just call it happy mothering day because i think mothers show up in so many different incarnations do you guys agree absolutely totally barbara. Agree, barbara totally agree with that Hey, Barbara. So happy, happy Mother's, Mother's Day, Day to you. Yeah. Thank you, my friends. Yes. <laughs> my heart is full. My heart is full. Time, quality time is my language of love. And um, I just, and being, you know, exploring and going, you know, I just like, I'm an adventurer. I want to leave that with my kids. I'm not a gift giver. I'm actually historically known as giving the worst gifts. And it's not that 
I like I I'm very practical. I'm very functional kind of person. And last la, uh, last Christmas, not this past Christmas, but I bought all three of my kids earbuds or earpods. What do you call those things? Those wireless music things. Oh, you got it. Right. <laughs> AirPods. 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 Barbara Majewski, Queen of Technology. <laughs> You know it. I got them Walkmans. I got them three Walkmans. You got them some Air Barbs. Air Barbs. (laughs) I got them three Walkmans with some cassette players. Musical Q-tips. I don't know what they're called. (laughs) I swear I'm like so aging myself right now. But all I want to say is I got, I wrapped them up for them. I gave it to them. I was all excited. I'm into giving like one good gift and then I take them skiing or I take them on. Tr- I love to travel. I love trying new things. And they all three looked at me they're like, mom, you gave this to us last year. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Y'all are getting gift cards from this point forward because clearly I just thought it was smart because we were traveling. So anyway, my languages of love is quality time. I got it with my kids. I truly enjoy their company and I'm very grateful. And I'm grateful to all the moms. Happy Mothering Day, I'm calling it from this point forward. And I wanna thank for everyone who's showing up today for Breakfast with Champions. Uh, Tree, I see you. I I really, um, I highly respect you and I love having you in the room. So I gave you a mod badge because you know, Barb's Hour, I, I sometimes want to, you know, include different people and introduce different people to our community. And Tree, you are a superstar in this conversation. Um, I hope you'll partake in. And um, Raylan, David, I want to talk about, and anybody else who wants to jump in, I want to talk about this Kentucky Derby. What did you, you guys want to give the round out on it and we can take it from there? Is that the okay. horse thing? Yeah, I, I, yes. yeah. Barb, if you can explain I'm, to me I'm why we're so hyped about this horse thing. No, David was jo- was joking. I'm not joking. I'm I'm lost on why that was so oh, hyped. So explain to me, Barb. My God. Okay, everybody, follow me on Twitter. I just reposted um, the ESPN play play by play. This horse named Rich Strike was not even supposed to compete, and another horse scratched. So Rich Strike was put into the um, was put in. This is the Kentucky Derby, right? This is like the pinnacle of horse race. Everybody 80 to one up. odds. 80 to one. This horse was not even supposed to race. But the uh and the jockey that was racing on the horse was literally like, okay, we're gonna stop and do this race, and then we're going down to Florida. He's got kids, and he's like, All right, listen, we're gonna go here, we're gonna probably watch the race, but you know, I'm on deck. If if this horse, this other horse scratches, I'm on deck, okay. And the race goes off. It's, un, you know, and of course they've got all these million dollar horses. They're bred to win. And everyone's, you know, all the fancy owners are in the box, just like high-fying each other, drinking their their gin gimlets. And the announcer for NBC, you've got to go to my Twitter. I swear it's so good. The announcer is like talking about these two horses, neck and neck, neck and neck. He does not even mention Rich Strike because this horse comes from absolutely nowhere. One to 80 odds. I don't even think they knew the jockey's name. And all of a sudden at the very end, you hear the announcer pretty much go bombastic. He was like, didn't even see the horse coming. 
and he won the Kentucky Derby. I mean, this is a $30,000 horse against million dollar horses. And maybe I got that, that, that wrong. Maybe it was $60,000, but th this isn't even a hundred thousand dollar horse racing against million dollar horses, ladies and gentlemen, and he crushes it. And if you go on some, maybe, um, my Instagram story, I posted a picture of this horse and he's literally smiling for the camera. I'm like, Rich Strike, you are my you are my horse. You are my horse. Nobody bet on him. Nobody bet on him. But he went out there and he just came from behind. He just like left it all out on the field. And I just think these are stories that we all need to take with us because he wasn't supposed to win. Odds were stacked completely against him. He was a nobody. The jockey was a decent jockey, but barely ranked. And nobody even knew his name. He didn't have any press or real accolades to really... There are people in this room that odds are stacked against them. They weren't supposed to be where they're at. And sometimes they hey, have the inventory that you realize, you realize how far you've come. You realize you've hey, you 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 a big, you have a big you are echo. a true inspiration and hero to others. Barb. People just aren't hearing your story. So hey, I just, this story lands for me. <laughs> she's like, she's having a whole speech. Barb. Barb. Are, are you in a are you in a public restroom? <laughs> you just you just went echo. Switched over to her Bluetooth and she can't hear. Yeah, it's her Bluetooth. Sound sounded like a, a yellow tooth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I okay. Well, she was she was on a she. This was like uh, Animal House. She was on a roll, like John Belushi. I she switched to, to her ear bobs. Yeah, ear bobs. That's right. Your air Q-tips are going bad. Well, anyways, what Barb what Barb is saying obviously is is uh, as you know, Glenn Raylan, this this can be applied to anybody anywhere. I mean, how many times have you felt in your life anybody to where you were like this horse, and that people was not not only were they not betting on you, betting for you, they were actually betting against you, and. Um, and you know, just like this horse, just like this jockey, life is pretty beautiful. And the fact that I think Raylan, that opportunities come along, we have to take the time to look for them, to find them. But those opportunities do come along where we have the opportunity, just likewise to beat those odds, don't you think? Well, yeah, and no. the other thing is too, though, I'm, I'm gonna be a little controversial here. That spot of being unknown is the best spot to be in. Like that oh, is I don't the spot. That's There's no pressure. Yeah, that's right. Oh, no wait. I, uh, Raylan, that lands for me. And I don't know where I like totally went Were to Bluetooth. Were you in the Bluetooth, <laughs> no, I, I went to Bluetooth. Yeah, I hope you guys, paper. did you hear the story though? to the bottom of your shoe. I'm sorry. Did you guys hear the story though? Did, did we, we get did. most we did. We heard we did. almost all of it. Okay, good. I do want to say though, Raylan, you just said something so good. And you know, because so many people come in here and they're like, you know, they don't, you know, they don't give me a seat. They, they think because I'm a woman. They think because I'm too old. They say this. They say that. And you know something? I've said this so many times, and this is why this conversation is so important. And Raylan, what you said is so valuable, is that we're all going to be prejudged. That's it. There's nothing we can do about it. That that horse was prejudged, and so are the million dollar horses that everybody bet on, and they didn't win a single dollar. And I have been. We've all been prejudged based on things that we really can't control. 
control. Maybe it's our height, our gender, our race, our background, our, our accents. We've all been judged, but we have no authority over that. So why waste any time? The only thing we control is how we play the hand that we are dealt. And we show up with, I am leaving it all out in the field. And I love when people get, I'm always like, go ahead and judge me. Go ahead and prejudge me. Bet against me. Go Do whatever you want. But um, my head is down. I'm going to do the work. And I am a true mutter. I like that's what my ex-husband called me because I'm like a horse that just doesn't give up. And I, I'm not gifted. I don't have grit. You know, I have grit. I'm sorry. I don't have natural gifts, but I have true um, grit. So Raylan, that is, oh, my God. Like, please bet against me. <laughs> I also want to add to that, Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. Barbara, this Barbara, I can, Glenn, you're in the Matrix. Hey, Glenn, you're in the Matrix. You're, or you sound like T.I. Pop it in the chat, Glenn. Right. Pop it well, in the Barb, chat. Barb, I will say this. While, while Glenn is getting his... Well, actually, I got to go off because now there's an announcement. I don't want people to hear the announcement. I'll wait. Can I say real quick that there's another aspect to this? This is Eric Carlson. Uh, that jockey had nothing to lose, right? And he just gave it his all, and he was prepared... And he came in, you know, luck is when preparation meets uh, opportunity. And that's what happened. It was just great. Oh, I think that's I'm such a good point. Barb, and I agree with Eric 100%. But I think it's so important for anybody and everybody to learn. I was taught this uh, by somebody who's uh, very smart, much older than me. He was one of my mentors uh, as I was coming up. But that we always, whenever somebody asserts something about us, whenever somebody does prejudge us, um, we have the ability and the opportunity to either sanction their remark or not. And I think it's so important that when somebody says something, in fact, I was explaining this to the uh, group in the coaching call. I said, there's people to me that are Teflon and there's people to me that are Velcro. And when you have people that are saying things to you that you know, that you're not that, you know, you're so much more than that. You know that you have capabilities they're not giving you credit for. They're Teflon to me, man. I just let that slide off of me. And I was fortunate somebody taught me that years ago. And when somebody says something that's positive about me or about- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. You, if you have something, somebody do that, somebody supports you, somebody gives you opportunity, those are people that you want to keep in your network. Those are people that should be your Velcro. So I think everybody should have Velcro and should have Teflon. And, and everybody else should just be Teflon. Like, don't don't buy into what they're saying. Don't let anybody else determine, characterize you, or dictate what you what you can or can't do. I think it's so important. I think the other side of this too, though, is that it, it's not enough. It's on. So on one side, you def. Oh, Glenn, are you trying to talk right now? I think you're still in the Matrix. Or am I in the Matrix? No, it's Glenn. <laughs> Glenn. No, you're good. Okay. <laughs> you're good. I that above it. But um, I think the other thing, too, to remember, and this actually helps me a lot when, let's say somebody bets against you, says, oh, you, you can't make it, or you're not going to be able to do this and that. 
Uh, one of the things that always helped me was realizing that that's one person out of uh, how many people on this earth. And the majority of people actually have no freaking clue who I am. Like <laughs> most people have no idea who you are, which allows you to always be that dark horse. Like think about it, right? Like th that guy had w was completely free from pressure. Nobody knew he was even going to race. He didn't even know it. So it, it, when I look at that, there's an advantage to being the dark horse. There's an advantage to nobody knows I have this skill set. Nobody knows that that I am going to be that person, right? And you get to show up, put your head down, and get the job done. And then when you win, everyone's like, well, who the hell was this guy? Who the, who the hell was this girl? And then next you know, you know, you're, you're doing the job. But I think there's there's a huge advantage of being the dark horse for sure. And most of us are. I agree. And this is why this story is so powerful right now and that we really kind of need to take it into into heart. There's a great book called um, Grit by Angela Duck. Oh, my God. Angela Duck something. OK, Angela Duckworthy. I need to research this. What Angela Ducks? <laughs> what matters is that good old Angela talks about that most people that do very well have very little like do, do not show up with like natural gifts like the worst part about being naturally gifted at anything is that you lose the ability to actually work very hard things come naturally for you and it really is ultimately to your detriment because you're never building that muscle of fortitude resilience tenacity perseverance like that all comes from the grinders the people that have the grit and they're like they'd want it more than more than the next guy. So, you know, I think it's always a gift that, yes, you know what? Fine, you were prejudged. Fine, somebody didn't give you a seat at the table doesn't mean you don't, you just have to keep showing up. I mean, that horse showed up, the jockey showed up, and some people made some good money because they bet, they bet on the one to 80 horse. And you know what? One of my friends, um, Malcolm O'Brien, just texted me in the back chat and he said that horse was a $30,000 horse, $30,000 like, against a million dollar horse. I feel like uh, a lot of us can identify with that $30,000 horse. Like we're not, we don't, we didn't show up on, on second base. We didn't show up with the silver spoon in our mouth. We didn't show up with natural talent or we showed up with some little gifts, but we're not, you know, we're not the Kobe Bryant's or the Michael Jordan's we're the, you know, we're showing up to do the work. And that's what I think needs to land on this Monday and coming into summer of, you know, show up and be in it to win it. Don't, you cannot control the way other people perceive you and that prejudgment. This is, these are hard facts you cannot control, but you can control how you play the game and you can play hard. Those are my thoughts. Who else wanted to jump in? Tree, I'd love to hear from you. Hi, Barbara. I was just going to say good morning, guys. I wanted to jump in. Oh, my God. You know, Barbara. I know. <laughs> That's why I modded so, you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, what I got from it, too, is just looking at my life. I came from Los Angeles, South Central Los Angeles. I grew up in a heavy gang invested, infested area. I witnessed murders. I witnessed all kind of things. And so I was blessed, though, to be able to. Um, my grandmother always bussed me out to school. So I never went to the inner city schools. And that was a gift for me because I, it taught me about education. She bussed me with the kids that were making, that were doing good in school. And so I was able to keep that going on in my life to get to where I am now. 
but Barbara, when I saw that horse, it just reminded me <laughs> of me. Oh my God. And, and also too, it left because when I left LA, I left running guys. I left running by myself all by myself, three kids grown. I left running by myself and I left running because I couldn't get to the position that I needed that my degree said that I could get. In LA, you had to be bilingual and I was not bilingual. And so I saw people walk over me that didn't even have degrees. So when I left, I left running. And what I saw from that horse, that horse wasn't looking from the left. He wasn't looking at the other horses around him. He was just running. And when you stay focused, when you got your eye on the prize and you keep running, you don't know who you're going to pass. It, it, it's you, you never know who you're going to pass. So that's what that taught me this morning to keep going, keep moving forward, keep your eye on the prize. And I hope a whole bunch of people bet against me because that's my power to keep going. And I'll land with that. I love that tree. And I love when you share your story and, and give light to all that you've overcome and that you've accomplished and you continue to do. And that is why I saw you come into the room. I'm like, this is like, this is, is our, you know, is such your story. So keep going. And, you know, Oprah Winfrey says something very similar in one of her top tips uh, for, you know, your top life strategies. And she says, run the race as fast as you can. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right. And she made the analogy, people, like when she was doing her Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey show, new shows would start up all the time and her producers would come to her in a panic and be like, oh my God, this show and they're doing this and they're doing that. And she would say, we have to constantly do the very best that we can and we have to leave it all out in the field. But the race goes, you have to run the race as fast and hard as you can. And clearly she did very well and, you know, closed on top. So you're, you're speaking my language. Uh, anybody else want to jump in? Raylan, David? Well, I was just going to say, like, the idea of keeping your eyes on your own paper kind of referenced how the horse didn't look to the left and look to the right. So a lot of us, though, do struggle with this idea of, of comparison. So it's like you do this, obviously, because of social media. We have you know, Instagram and, and all these other platforms that shows us, hey, look how good so-and-so is doing. And it distracts us from getting to where we want to be. And what's interesting is we inherently know this to be true. We know that if we just focus on what we can do, what we can control, uh, we'll do a lot better. And who cares what's happening, you know, again, to the left and to the right of us. And so it's a good reminder, I think, too, for the majority of us this Monday morning, as we're like preparing for the week is how can you make sure that you keep your eyes on your own paper <laughs> this week and, 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 and moving forward? Because if we're constantly distracted by what another person is doing or what it even they are saying, like the idea, like we keep saying, as like a motivational thing, right? Like, I wish somebody would bet against me, but the idea of, of, I don't even care to know that. You know what I mean? Like I, I am so focused on what I'm doing. I don't care if somebody bets for or against me. Now I will say just to throw a wrench in this thing too. I'm curious, David, from your perspective, I'm going to take it away, away from horses for a minute. Cause I don't know anything about horses, but I know about fighting, right? What's more impressive to me. Isn't the quiet, the quiet fighter who again goes and wins, but is the one that's loud. Because that's way more pressure. If you can go and talk your talk your ish, so to speak, right? And you're saying, I'm going to win. I'm going to win this way. And you go out and do it. You have like Muhammad Ali and Conor before, Conor McGregor before he was, you know, uh, this last few fights anyway. 
But that that to me is way more impressive. Showing somebody showing up, saying exactly how they're gonna get it done, and then they go and do it. I could be wrong, but I just I love the loud champions. <laughs> I think I'll that's so a, good. Yeah. I was just gonna say my thing just George's post. I'll just say this. Number one, I mean, for me, I think there's value in both. I like a quiet winner. I like people that just go about Jerry Rice, just did his business, set records, became the number one football player of all time, and never once was brash, never once made a big deal out of it. But I know what Raymond's talking about. The other thing is, I'll say this the last thing. When we set goals, one of the reasons I found that it's hard to achieve goals is we end up comparing ourselves to the goal of that person that we want to be. It oftentimes for uh, a lot of people is a reminder of what we're not. And that's why it's so powerful to set a goal and then just completely forget the goal. The goal. Don't compare yourself to that. Focus simply on the process. Focus simply on what you need to do to get to that goal. And your and your likelihood of achieving it goes up massively. So I'll just leave it there. Dave, that's such a good point. Like the idea of if I have like that comparison is the it root of all evil, people. I swear. It right? People, it's, that, it's that resistance. It's that resistance that constantly pops up, which is, again, comparison of, oh, if, if Barbara's doing X, that means that I can't have that. Like, that's the mind shift that, that most of us need, needs to have. I don't know where this started or why this continues to be, but there's something in us that says if Barb has something, that means I can't have it. Like, a lot of people think that way versus that abundant mindset of going, well, Barb, if Barb can do this, if David can do this, that means I can do this, too. I feel like majority of people don't think that way. They look at things as if if David goes and and is able to, you know, be successful in this area, oh, I guess that's taken up. It's kind of like winning the lottery. They look at the winning the lottery that way, where it's like if you win the lottery, oh, that ticket's gone. I guess I can't win now. Where that's not life. Does that make sense, Barb? Oh, a hundred percent. And I do, I think people are like, well, that's already done. Like somebody makes up a makeup line or somebody does um, jewelry. Oh, there's so much jewelry. There's so much competition, but nobody does jewelry. Like you do jewelry. Nobody does skincare. Like Megan Martino does skin, skincare and understands different things. And you just have to make that decision to do it regardless that there's somebody else out there. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm moving into another space. I'm still doing television. I'm doing a really cool segment. Um, when I get back from, uh, Sharon Lecter's retreat on how to efficiently pack. And I'm very, very excited about it. But I realize that it's not so much my television stuff that I do, you know, which is a ton of fun and lifestyle and entertainment, but it's actually helping people get out of their own way and reinvent themselves after the age of 40, after they've lived several different chapters and in different incarnations to actually step into their best chapters of their life. So it's great that I do television, but I'm realizing where I can lend my, where I can really live in service and help others is to use my story and my journey to guide others to be in the best track that they can be in. And I'm, I, listen, I can say to myself a million different things. Number one, I am, why do I need to do this? Number two, there's so many other people in this space. There's so many people in the self-development space and there's so many people in the accountability space and the mindset space, but I'm like, no, no, no. I've really come to a, to an understanding. And this is so important is that I've just decided I'm just a unique messenger of a very simple message. 
I am a unique messenger because I have a unique story and a story, a story that many, many people can identify. And that's actually why I like Tree's story so much is because she also has a story that can help to be a beacon, a lighthouse of hope for somebody else, for somebody who identifies and resonates with her that can identify with her. And there's just everybody can, people stop themselves because they're like, oh my God, that, that industry saturated. Every industry is saturated, but there's only one you. There's only one you, unique you with your unique story. And that's what keeps me going. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't care how saturated this is. If I change one person's life and I help them reinvent themselves in their 40s or after their 40s, or maybe even in their 30s, their 50s, or 60s, and step into new opportunity and new spaces than I have done my work uh, their, my work here on Earth. Hey, I see Dr. Laura Cobb uh, uh, in the uh, back chat there saying that you want to jump in. Uh, you want to jump in, Laura? Oh, sure. Thanks so much. Hopefully, y'all can hear me. I appreciate the opportunity. I think of Simone Biles, and she's an American gymnast. And with the records that she's won, she won um, four gold medals uh, out of six possible, Anna Bronze in 2016, and she won five all-around world titles, uh, consecutive, not consecutively, after she took a year and a half off after the 2016 Olympics. No one expected her to come back even better than she was. And she has four original moves uh, in the code of points for gymnastics, which is unprecedented. Now, last summer during the Olympics, she had what are called the twisties. And so her body was not aligned with her mental capacity for the twisting that she was doing. She took a one down during the team competition. She was expected to sweep in the entire medals. She won a silver during the team competition. She allowed her competitors, her teammates to, um, to, to step up. And um, even though she was slated to win everything. And so I think that's a testament of a true leader in that taking a step down in order not only to protect your mental health, but taking a risk that that she was called a loser, that she abandoned the team because they didn't win the gold. And as a result of her stepping down, her teammates, Denise Lee, won the all-round. Her other teammate, Jade Carey, won the floor. And another teammate, um, Michaela Skinner, won the silver in the vault, which she was slated to win all of those. She did get a bronze in the beam, though. And I think that's a true testament. Not only that, she survived, this is widely widely known, sexual abuse by one of the medical doctors, Larry Nasser, who has 180 consecutive years now after all of the testimonials in jail for life, 180 years, excuse me. And in addition to that, her mental health advocacy, and she was adopted, her mother was a drug, drug addict, her, her grandparents, her mother's father adopted her and her sister. And all of these tests, all of these challenges that she's experienced, taking the one down and also for mental health, being accused of that, and to allow herself to be an advocate for foster care, for sexual assault, for mental health, all of these issues that all of these athletes tend to deal with and having that pressure. Raylan, I love what you said is, and also what was commented about the, the quiet loser or quiet winner. And then also the one coming, the underdog who wins greatly. And she is the GOAT, greatest of all time. So I'll finish with that is that I'm, I'm curious regarding the leaders who take a one down and say, I'm not well today. What is the idea? What are the, I'm curious what are thoughts about that? Is that, is that a loser or is that a winner? Just some thoughts. Thanks for letting me share. This is a great perspective to bring up too, because you do give a way for someone else to step up. And, and that's, that's the goal of leadership. Like to me, and Grant, everyone has their own kind of definitions, et cetera. But to me, there's no point as a leader, if I can't have somebody else come up, if I can't have somebody else get to a certain level, rise up, there's no point to me. Like I, when I, back in the old corporate days, I used to always say, right, like, I'm going to make sure that somebody can replace me. 
I want to make sure somebody could take my job. That's the goal. And so when she, you know, had the opportunity to step aside, she just gave somebody else a new opportunity to step up. The same thing for us, though, I think in this space, it might be a little bit different, right? Uh, obviously, internally, if you have the leadership, if you have a team, stepping aside, giving other people opportunities to solve problems that normally you would solve, that's one way. Entrepreneurship, especially if you're a solopreneur here, I, I really don't know. It is important to have those days where you go, I'm going to take a day off because I absolutely need to. Um, I, I need to make sure my mental health is really good. Uh, all of that. But I think what's funny, though, is I see a lot of people doing that. They say they're going to step away and then they go online, for example. They still show up in their stories saying how they're going to take the day off. Right. I think that's always funny. But I, I don't know. I, I think there's always a way to show up. So like Simone, for example, in that example, she might have stepped aside and didn't compete, but she was there supporting her team. Right. So you're always you're always still showing up. And there's I don't think there's ever a time where you can um, take a day off. You always could do something. And this is what I mean by that, right? I think about like um, Marcus Aurelius. He talks about purpose a lot. And I've been thinking a lot about the idea of purpose. And what I find is, I know, Barb, you probably get this too. There are times when people tell me because it's the weekend or people tell me because it's 10 o'clock at night. I've been up since 4 a.m. working. Hey, I think you need I think you need a break. But what I feel like more than anything is that people lack, don't have that that purpose yet, that uh that that drive it's not a drive of like hustle culture that's not what i'm trying to promote here what i'm promoting is when you have when you're living in your purpose when you are excited every day to do what you do it doesn't it doesn't matter what day it, day it is it doesn't matter if it's the weekend right it doesn't matter what time it is when you love what you do it's not really work i know everyone says that but when i'm talking about something deeper than that it's that thing that gets you excited and i always say too like when you're when you're trying to find that thing, if you could talk about it forever and ever and ever and never get tired of it, that's kind of like, it's a good starting place at least. But I'm curious from, from you, Babs and, and David, when it comes to doing the work, how much does living in your purpose really matter to you? Because like Barb, that's why I think that you're so drawn to this space of helping people. It's not so much the TV. Yes, TV, amazing. But the reason why you're able to go into a quote unquote saturated market, right, and help people be able to achieve the things they want to achieve, be able to overcome the challenges because of your story and all that. But that is your purpose, is it not? Do you, do you, do you feel that way now? I feel that way now when I'm reading this great book called The Go-Giver. And it's just about how many people can you impact and bring value. And it does, it lands with me over and over again. I have something, I can't figure it out. It just is how I'm built. And I just keep saying, I'm not done yet. I am just not done yet. And I, I do have a lot of, um, I have a, a great life and I could kind of rest on my laurels, but I feel that I've only just begun and everything I've done up until this point was almost to build this foundation to do what I'm doing next, which is, um, you know, to help and serve others. And I, I, I do, I absolutely love it because the thing that I'm seeing Raylan is that I see a lot of people stuck in narratives and beliefs that are so limiting and so destructive. And I hear it like all the time. And I'm like, did you hear what you just said? Like, oh, I'll never do that. Oh, I can't do that. I'm like, well, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. It just means you have to change that paradigm in your head. If you want the outcomes, you have to decide what you want, right? You have to decide what kind of life, lifestyle, opportunities, whether it's relationships, whether it's spirituality, whether it's financial, you know, 
whatever it might be, you need to figure out where you're going and then you have to get on that path, but it has to start with your beliefs. And because I've been through so many personal incarnations in my own life, I, I, I'm really able to help. I can say, I can talk from a, a, a space of knowing, you know, a space of experience and a space of like, oh no, I got it. I got it. I see you. I see what you're doing. Can we just, can we just change X, Y, and Z so that you can live your best life? Like, let's not wait till you're confronted with your own mortality. Like, let's do this. Like, let's, let's do better. Let's live better. Let's live in service. Let's give back. So yes, I, I think there's, for me right now, I think the best is ahead of me. I think everything in my life, that's, I think it's all coming to a head. I really do feel that my best chapters are always my next chapters. I, it, you know, everyone used to say, do you guys ever hear this? And then I want to pass this mic to Megan D. Martino because I did mention her and her beauty products because I'm a huge fan. Um, but you ever hear people say, oh my God, college is the best four years of your life. I think it's the dumbest thing that people put out into the universe. First of all, I hated college. I sucked in school. I had to work 24 hours a day. I waited tables. I taught aerobics. I worked at the student union and I graduated not in four years. I graduated in five and half years with some dumbass degree in community health education that I have never once, never once applied anywhere, anyhow, anywho. And I just, I want to change that conversation is always say the next year, the best years are your next years. That's my, that's where I'm going. Hey, Megan, I want to pass the mic to you. I saw you DM'd me. Barb, I just, oh my gosh, there's so much here, but let's just stay focused. Um, I, as you were speaking about the Kentucky Derby, I went back uh, to read about the horse and the race and everything about it. I'm sure you mentioned this earlier, I was in an early meeting, but what I read, what struck me so, was that they didn't get into the race until Friday. And the owner said that they never enter anything that they don't really think they can't win. Holy moly. 30 years ago, I started this skincare brand. I was an employee of Alcon Laboratories and I stumbled upon glycolic acid, which revolutionized, not me specifically, but the ingredient revolutionized skincare, creating from a European thick emollient to a result-oriented skincare. I've been evolving ever since. Two years ago, I sold a portion of my medical spa and um, I was working on projects. Um, a course, a business course, like you said, Barbara, I'm always trying to help people with the information I have. And then uh, about six, uh, not six, three months ago, this building um, evolved right on the Georgetown. It just appeared. And I said, oh, my God, am I supposed to walk through this door and do this again? But the most important piece to this is evolving, is about helping others. And I love Bob Berg and I love the Go-Giver. And it, the bottom line is that we're never finished. My latter days are going to are better than my former days. I'm just going to continue on bringing not only the Novitas Spa clinical products, which have had three iterations, there, it's a clean line, but stem cell regenerative therapy on and on to help others with their needs. And then also to help other people develop and get out of their own way, as you said, Barb, uh, to to uh, really identify their dreams, goals, and aspirations, and help them and then help them achieve it. So, Barbara, that's why we're aligned. We know that our mission, vision, is to help others. Hope that helped someone 
this Monday morning. 30 years later, kids, I'm still evolving. I love it. I love I love that our paths have crossed here because I find everything that you do such an inspiration. You you're in you're in your best chapters right now and you have all this value and information and getting it out there is just what it's going to be about. And if anybody has not sampled Megan's beauty care products, you're missing out. They are really 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 good. So I appreciate you so much. Yes, right Mary Lynn? Yes. Because Loving you them. know what you're talking about. I mean, you have decades of experience and it's, I mean, unbelievable. So thank you, Megan. Um, you guys all need to go check out her stuff. Who else wanted to chime in there? Go ahead, Raylan. Well, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, which people hear this term and they think it's, um, they think it's negative or they think it, but it's something that's incredibly important in the Stoics. I'm a huge fan of the Stoics. If you haven't read any of Marcus Aurelius, then you definitely should. But the whole idea of memento mori, right? Like remember, which means remember you must die. And I think that the one thing that always like helps me, and I just want to put this out to anybody out there is to remember that like this life is incredibly short. Like we think it's long in our, in our tiny little perspectives, but you really only have a certain amount of time. And with that, there's one negative way. And doesn't mean it's like, it's not nihilism. It's not like, it doesn't mean that nothing matters. But what it means is with the opportunities you have today, if, you know, ultimately there was no tomorrow, what would you do today? And I, I think we, we fall into this trap sometimes. We think, oh, I'll do that later. Oh, you know what? This isn't really a good time for me to work on this because I got this going on. I got this circumstance. I got this excuse. Like I, right now is not a good time. So I'll live in my purpose tomorrow. But we're not ever guaranteed tomorrow. And I think the more that we remember this, and then there's a reason why the people that, that you know, constantly think of the idea of even like the military, Semperfy, right? Seize the day. That's the same thing, the same concept of remembering that one day we won't have that one uh, tomorrow. We don't, we're not always guaranteed that. And I think, Barb, the reason why your story too is so inspiring and enlightening a lot of times is because you could like, for example, when you're diagnosed with something, or let's say uh, everyone can relate to that that upcoming worry that we all have. Like, oh, I have to go and do this thing, and I'm really worried that it won't work out the way that I think it will. Or there's some negative news that might be coming my way in a month or whatever. And <laughs> there's this guy, um, uh, if you ever read him, his name's uh, Ryan Holiday. Writes great books, and he talks about this idea of barring suffering. Like you're, you're jumping ahead and thinking about how much work something is going to be maybe, or that you're worried about speaking on stage because everyone's going to, you know, laugh for you or not, you know, understand what you're saying. And there's some people here, like on Clubhouse, for example, right now that never get on stage because they're afraid of maybe somebody will say that's borrowing the suffering of the future. And oftentimes when you get there, it's not nearly as bad as you think it is, right? Like when, once you get there, you're in that moment. So for me, you know, it's one of those things where you, you kind of have to remember there is no tomorrow. Like there is no, there, there's a possibility that you won't get the opportunity to live in your, your, live in your purpose or uh, an opportunity to live out the thing that you were meant to put on, be on this earth for, right? To serve others, to help people, to get them through those challenges. And, and not to mention when you don't do that, how many people are you not serving? Like there's somebody out there, because again, I keep thinking back to, or Barbara's mentoring this idea that like, oh, it's really saturated this new uh, endeavor I'm going to go into. Or even if you're like, hey, I want to inspire somebody today. Oh, there's tons of people out there. 
the truth is there's people that are like, you know what? I can't stand when Raylan talks. There's people that are like, oh, I can't stand when like a Tony Robbins talks. Like you are made for that person. Like they're, they have heard the same message a billion times, but there's, but you could be the one person that, that breaks through to them, that makes them see the world a little bit differently. So I just wanted to throw that in there, Barb. I like when I like the quote that says you could be the juiciest peach on the peach farm and not everybody's going to like peaches. I used to be so uh, concerned and make sure like everybody's got to like me. Everybody's got to like me. Uh, Clubhouse has been the most amazing platform to come to terms with. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Some people are going to find you wretchedly annoying. And it has helped me tremendously because I'm no longer speaking to, er, to that person and trying to win them over to my side. I mean, last night we were in the million marathon room and I was just listening because I really didn't have a lot to add. And somebody decided that they did not like me and kicked me out of the room, blocked me. The whole fun, you know, shenanigans of Clubhouse. And now if this happened to me a year ago, I would have been in a, in a sweat in like a full on like, oh my God, this is like, tra like I would have been traumatized. I did not <laughs> bat an eyelash. I texted my friends. I said, you know, listen, somebody kicked me out. I'd really like to join the conversation. It's Mother's Day. I want to hear this. I just want to listen. And um, I just, I, I'm sharing this story, Raylan, so much because part of building, the title of this room is building a castle one brick at a time. We have to understand sometimes as we're building this empire, we're building the next version of ourselves. We're moving into a new phase. And when there's new levels, there's new devils. And we have to understand sometimes these experiences are actually there to build us never to break us so because i've had those experiences several times here in clubhouse where somebody kind of comes at me we don't like your opinion you're we don't like the sound of your voice you're you're cringy all the things which i think they're ridiculous because i think i'm kind of fabulous but that's fine all of a sudden i have built this new this muscle that i never had before and i'm so grateful for it um which is like i am not here for you i'm here to live at the highest expression of myself to live in service and to help others and i can't help everyone and i definitely can't help you if you don't if you don't like me but i'm telling you you're missing out if you decide to not be on team parb that's all i'm saying i i want people to hear that because sometimes people do get thrown off their mark and off their track because somebody doesn't think they're the juiciest peach. And just remember, not everybody's gonna like peaches. And that experience is designed to build the muscles that you need to handle this, this next level, this new terrain, and always remember new levels, new devils. Because I now have those muscles, when somebody does something mean to me, I'm no longer like a turtle that's been flipped on its back shell and like floundering in the wilderness. I just turn myself back over, kind of laugh about it, and I'm like, I guess the universe is conspiring in my favor for bigger and better things because they just threw me a curveball. So um, I'm just learning how to swing at every single uh, pitch and those are my thoughts. Anybody else want to jump in? Hi, Barb. Good morning. This is Dr. O. Hi. How are you, dear? Um, so, Raylan, you guys have really shared a lot of amazing information. Great segment this morning. I just wanted to pitch in to say, you know, a lot of times some people feel like they don't have much to share because they haven't had a lot of experiences. So what I would say to that is, 
maybe we just need to or people just need to kind of step out and start venturing into doing stuff trying new things getting out of your comfort zone and just being able to learn something new because at every level one of the things that I incorporate into my life every day is at every level of learning that I have to go through and grow from I have something to offer to other people who are just getting into that space so literally, we can all be leaders to some people who are coming behind us if we can just take some time to invest in getting something new into our lives. One of the things Alexander shared in his segment this morning, he said, um, Jay Shetty said, you know, you leave, um, you learn something new, you learn something new. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I can definitely take that and use it, which I'm already doing. So just wanted to throw that in there. Thank you so much. And Miss Megan, you know, I love you. Congratulations on all the success. Well, thank you so much for jumping in, guys. It is the top of the hour. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.